Hey guys, Mike here. Just a quick PSA before we start this week's episode. Uh, apologies for the sound quality. Um, you'll notice a real drop-off in the quality on the Hannah side of the conversation um, after the break. I'm not quite sure what happened there. Uh, my suspicion is that the uh, the side of the microphone that faces Hannah, because uh, it's a stereophonic, <laughs> I don't know what the term is, what do I know? Uh, the side of the microphone that uh, was facing Hannah seemed to cut out for the second half, so it does sound a little bit like she's in another room. Uh, for that second part of the show so we do apologize it's not meant to sound like that and uh, hopefully the problem will be rectified before the next episode um didn't want to re-record this um because uh, i'd rather just capture the energy and the honesty of uh our initial reaction and review of the episode so uh yeah just hope that you can uh, let that go for this one episode and uh, we will be back soon Hello everybody and welcome to this, the latest episode of the Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike. Specifically episode 72 of our podcast. <laughs> so uh, through nearly three quarters of a hundred. And uh, this is the 22nd, uh, that's the final episode of season three of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Namely, the episode Ascension. So Hannah, here we are, the end of another season. <sighs> I'm so excited about Do you know, it this. just dawned on me, minutes before we started recording, that there's seven seasons of the show, but the last two seasons are, hard, are short. They're only like 12 episodes. So that means we're essentially at the halfway point of the whole show. Mm. Because there's seven seasons, but there's technically six if you count a season as being 22 episodes. Yeah. So yeah. we're exactly we're at the halfway, halfway point. Yeah. Um, and I, I think we'll probably do the second half faster than the first because um, we had some really big gaps during, particularly I think season two, mm. um, just because there was a lot of live we've stuff just, going on. We've just got into a really good rhythm with it. Yeah, I yeah, think. exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, we were new to the podcast. We weren't getting as much feedback. You fucked it down a hill <laughs> as well at one point. <laughs> so, you know, there was a lot of stuff conspiring to... Uh, then, then I copped my back up. Yeah, yeah. Then we got COVID. Yeah. Uh, although we're both testing negative as of today, Woo-hoo. which is nice. So... Uh, yeah. We're gonna, healthy uh, household yeah we are we're just going to god I shouldn't say that licking everywhere <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. why Hannah because our, our luck might turn bad I mean, at this point what's the fucking don't even <laughs> it's not like it could don't get any it. <laughs> I'm touching wood and I'm not finishing that statement although I should point out that I do still have a little bit of a cough um, I did try and edit out as many of the coughs as I could in the last episode but the problem is you can't edit out the coughs that you do while someone else is talking. Yeah. Because you lose a bit of their, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it is, it is a bit of a tricky one, but uh, it, it, I'm at that point now as well where, you know, you've had a cough for a while and you're not sure whether you've even actually really got a cough anymore or if it's just that you've it, uh, become a habitual kind of thing. So uh, I'm no. going to try. If I, I've never made it a habit to cough. No, I know you don't, because we are, uh, to paraphrase friends, you know, scientists these days are saying that people are different. <laughs> it's like this crazy thought that, uh, you know, yeah. but, 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 but a habitual... Some people like to make more of an illness than they get. 
the thing is, how do you know? This is a classic thing. Like, women like, oh, men, when men are sick. No, no. They, this, is a, this isn't a men thing. This is a you Yeah, thing. no, okay. But let's just say, okay, well, whatever. But whenever people are like, oh, this person or this gender or whatever, this personal group of people always, you know, whenever they're ill, they have to, they always have to be so... It's like, how do you know that they're not? How do you know that I'm just not that ill? Dr. Hannah. Because... I like I know what you're like when you are. <laughs> I thought you were going to unexpectedly produce a rolled up medical degree. <laughs> you're like, well, Mike, <laughs> when you thought I was working, <laughs> I was actually studying let medicine. Me, let me cast your mind back to uh, 2015 when you had your first migraine ever and could not cope with the pain at all, got hospitalised. Yeah, how do you know that that um, wasn't the worst yes, migraine that anybody's ever had? On. I have not finished. You were very insistent on the fact that you, quote marks, could not breathe. I couldn't breathe. It was horrible. Um, The nurse took pains to show me your oxygen saturation results, which were at 100%. There was absolutely no issue with air going into your body. Yes, but I was in an extreme state of pain, and the way that that was manifesting itself was that I was experiencing the sensation of not being able to breathe. Uh, Obviously I could, because I would be dead (laughs) if I couldn't breathe. You were being a massive fanny of it, and I don't think they'd ever seen someone... Um, not cope as much as you would not cope that, you see that's conjecture you don't think they didn't say that they didn't but they admitted you for a night at several times I was told by doctors that a severe migraine can be exceptionally painful and debilitatingly painful yes I know but I think so what's your point I think they were even surprised at ah uh, you see think, there's that word again that, there's that think word again this is uh, anyway right. I don't think we, let's not do this in front of the kids, Anna. <laughs> it's, uh, it's sorry, not children. Uh, 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 metaphorically, um, but yes, yeah, so Hannah, please tell us a little bit about the episode that we're going to be talking about. Okay, this um, episode twenty-two, Ascension. Synopsis is very vague. It just says, "In the conclusion to Absolution, Shield must spring into action to combat Hive." It is directed by Kevin Tankerowen. And written by Jed Whedon, and story edited by DJ Doyle. Cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind Very of excited about difficult, this. really, to separate this out from last week's episode, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. it's very very much two halves of a climax. And do you know the most fantastic thing about spontaneously deciding to record tonight? What. We received a YouTube comment literally an hour ago. Oh, well. <laughs> so we actually have... Yeah, because I only put the episode up, was it like day before yesterday, I think? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so, and uh, whenever I, uh, when I post them, it's usually around the time of day when I think America's going to bed at that point. Yeah. Um, so there's always a bit of a delay mm. um so uh oh, that's good um well let's hear it what's the what's the comment do you not want to do housework first or um housekeeping i think housekeeping, i don't know, I definitely don't want to do housework i've done lots of housework this week <laughs> you got it on the brain uh well you've you've de uh covided the house haven't you the house is back to being antibacterial <laughs> <laughs> yes it really is um okay so um yes just a quick reminder 
that if you listen to us on YouTube, we do welcome comments and thoughts and observations and all of that good stuff. Um, also, you can email us at rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and also, we are on social media, namely Instagram and Twitter at rewatchproj. And don't forget to give us preferably positive reviews on Apple Podcasts. And also, check out our friend's podcast, namely The Good, The Bad and The Odd, his film, her movie, Film Bastards, Entertainment Landfill, and Chin Stroker versus Punter. So off you go, Hannah. Okay, so this comment is from Jack Dubbs. Um, I love how he is so on the ball with responding pretty much every he's, episode. He's it's part great. of the show. Um, love it. Uh, right, so he says, I'm Scottish, so having two Scots on my favourite MCU show puts me in Iron Brew and Shortbread Heaven. This episode is 99% set up for the finale, so I don't have much to say about it other than how much I adore all of the little character moments peppered throughout. Fitz and Talbot being the wacky team up I never knew I needed. Ian and Adrian both look like they're having a grand old time. And that's very true. Well, I mean, uh, Ian DeCastica is probably um, confusing him with Nick Blood. Isn't he? So. Well, exactly, and they did used to. <laughs> they were there with the, yeah, their mates, so uh, mm. you know that's 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 probably it. And it's funny as well because that's one of the great things about a lot of these TV shows, where not only do you have this great ensemble cast, but you have this extended cast. Yeah, and that's great. I mean, like Star Trek does that. You know, you've got on Deep Space Nine all of these great central characters, but you've also got like. Guldacat and mm. Garak and all of these other characters who are maybe only in it a few times a season, but really add to the fabric of the show. So what that gives the writers is a greater number of potential chemistry combinations that they yeah. can kind of experiment with. And, I mean, um, Fitz is kind of excellent at both the comedic beats and action. So he's... He is quite an all-rounder. Um, yeah. You know, so yeah, you can get a lot of mileage out of it. I saw that on um, social media, that I think it might have been on his Instagram, but I saw it on Twitter, somebody just posted the picture, that Ian DeCastica and his, I don't know if it's his wife or his girlfriend, were doing a tour of having of photographing themselves next to rude-sounding place names. Um, but, uh, but yes, I mean... Um, it, these sort of end of season couple of runs of episodes is and that's a very Whedon-esque thing like the the Buffyverse shows would usually end with a two-parter even if it wasn't a part one part two in title you would the penultimate episode would usually be the kind of the the ramp up yeah and then the the final episode would usually be um, you know kind of a sort of the climax of the season and often a little hint of setup for the next season um, and just to give you guys a heads up about what we're thinking in between seasons oh yeah um, we've decided to do two episodes each yes um, this is based on kind of on the suggestion from Mark from The Good, The Bad and The Odd he sort of said to review either a key episode or or a, or a pilot, pilot episode of yeah. the show and then that way it gives us an opportunity to kind of cover a bit more ground but also to talk about the shows more broadly, if we yeah. wanted to, I guess. Yeah. We've decided to choose two episodes each. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't made my choices yet, but Mike has. I um, think we should keep your se- secret until we get I, to I that. think we should keep more secret. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, I like, 
I just wanted to let them know there'll be four episodes of Sorbet, yeah, and then we'll get into yeah, oh yeah. So it'll four. be a it'll be a shorter. Um, just yeah, just a like a mini break. Yeah, because between yeah. season two and three, we obviously we covered Watchmen. Yeah, um, and you know that's an eight got, episode. We got through pretty quickly. We did but, get through pretty but, quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, so this will be a yeah a shorter one. So we'll we're do keen it. to get into season four, but it'd be nice to just have a little break. And it's it's a, it's also a good thing because I've I've said before that I I think of our show as being kind of a library show, yeah. like not necessarily a show that people hang on week on week. But yeah. I mean, which is great to do. But maybe the people discover and go back through. And I think that having that little bit of extra kind of content diversity is a good thing yeah uh, and could bring more people into the show and to listen to the podcast who might actually want to think oh okay i like these guys maybe i'll watch agents of shields you know who might not have seen it before so and also it's nice for us i guess just to be able to kind of have a little break and uh build up excitement for wanting to do the next season as well yeah so uh cool okay well shall we get into um the finale of season three indeed so we are going to um, press pause we're going to watch this episode and then we're going to come back and we are going to give our reactions and our review of the final episode of season three of marvel's Legends of shield which i cannot remember at all um, can't remember at all not at all not in the slightest I, I i remember um, obviously i'm gonna be very clear i don't want to spoil it right before it but i remember where the character of daisy is at the end right but that's more to do with the next season than this season but right. that's the only thing I, I really remember um but uh, but yeah looking forward to seeing it bring it on okay have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever Put, put these four and five year olds in front of this movie it's like if they didn't know what death was before this they're going to know it after it they're going to know it after it and they're going to be freaking terrified and they're going to be questioning you yeah or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold dead heart yeah the dark knight has got like all the orphans and like oh no we're going to die they did not build up those orphans at all in my head it's like kill them then look no further the His Film Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so we have just watched episode 22, the season finale of season three of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the episode Ascension. So uh, that's another season in the books, Hannah. Woo-hoo. Thoughts on the episode, and oh, by extension, the season. Oh, it was terrible. Oh, really bad. <laughs> um, no. You're a big faker. Just, of course. Um, I really loved it. I... It's how I remembered it. Um, well, that makes one of us. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's what I remembered it to be. It was full of heart and action and, you know, a little bit of comedy peppered in there. Um, a little bit of blue for the dads. <laughs> there wasn't, but you know what um, I mean. Yeah, it was just excellent and has set up season four really nicely. Yeah. Um, yeah, just loved it, start to finish. What about you? Yeah, I really liked it as well. And um, 
it's funny looking back at the sort of the season because I think it, it finished the season very nicely. Uh, I think it set up the next season. I think it was a good episode in its own right. I think it did everything that the show does really well. Um, but it's funny. I I can see though why this season is less well regarded than the others. Not even because I necessarily agree, but I think that it's almost like the sum of its parts are better than the whole thing. Yeah. Like, I really enjoyed every single individual episode of it, but I think that if you look at it as a... Take a step back and look at it as a season, Mm. as a story, I think that it is less essential in that sense than it is when you view it individually or when you view it compared to the other seasons. And I think that that's largely down to a number of things. I think partly it's all the the behind-the-scenes stuff that went on, which was I think that they they had to scramble at certain points. Um, I think that it's, you know, so for example, we've talked before about how, um, you know, one of the uh, key guest actors who was going to have a large storyline had to leave the show. So they had to sort of scramble a little bit there. Also, obviously, you had the disruption that Bobby and Hunter leaving the show, which I think was not planned, um, no, had. They, yeah, you um, can see that they would have fitted in perfectly. So I think that that took the wind out of the sails for a, a little bit there. So there's that. But also what I think it is, and I've got to be careful what I say here because I don't want to spoil it for next season, is that I think that they take him the format of the show as far as they could in some ways. Like, if you look at season one, two, and three, they're largely very similar in structure and aesthetics. So they're they're sort of a little bit of standalone stuff, but with a story arc that runs for the season. All three seasons have got that in common. That's the structure of the shows. And... You know, they're a combination of sci-fi, uh, may, but mainly action-adventure, a little bit of superhero stuff, and a lot of the spy stuff. So you've got a lot of, um, you know, people with machine guns, lots of people, you know, people in white shirts with ties, lots of people standing around computer screens in, you know, LED environments. And I think that in the third season, that aesthetic starts to tire a little bit when you look at the season as a whole. So I think that what the show needs to do, and I don't want to get into specifics of how, but the show does this, is I think by the end of season three, it's clear that they need to shake things up, Mm. aesthetically, structurally. And I don't think that that those elements have outstayed their welcome, but I think that by the end of season three, that's the time to do it. I think if if they would have done... And again, it's not a spoiler to say what they don't do. If they'd have, if season four had been like seasons one, two, and three, but with just a different storyline, I think the show would have started to go stale. And I think it would have ended up being cancelled. Uh, and and I think that that there's a feeling at the end of season three of okay, that's great. What else you got? Yeah. You know, and I think that it's easy now looking back at the show after watching all of it to just go okay they've got to a point now where you know it's like in Buffy when she uh, she leaves high school and it kind of becomes a different show and that although you could argue that the show was never quite the same as it was in the high school years that kind of saved the show 
Yeah. Because it re-energised it. It made the way it that... It so far when it's in that format. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a... Um, it's It rejuvenates things a little bit. It forces I, the writers to have to do different stuff. I also think with this season, and again, with that caveat of without getting into spoilers, I think it had to be the way it is to give not an origin story but a background into Daisy yeah. and, and kind of the things that drive her going forward Yeah. and without that arc of meeting Lincoln having the whole inhuman shield battle getting taken over by Hive you know Going through that whole arc of mm. process, I just don't think she would ever, like, I mean, you can see from season four already, she's in a very different place. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it, like, it, it, these things needed to happen yeah. to fuel that. But I think that if you'd have had another season after this where it's a similar storyline and they're in the same sets, they're yeah. in the same environments... Oh, no, I it it, it would start. Sort of, I think the danger would be that and I know you know. I know, I know you agree with me. Um, the danger would be that it would end up being CSI. Yeah. No, I just think the reason that this season was similar to seasons one and two was kind of for that reason yeah. that it had to give a backstory to a load of things. And it's like, funny because and, and like a backstory to. Um, well, there's a few things that maybe we should talk about in a spoiler section in terms of backstory mm-hmm. things. Um, but, like, um, backs, like it, it, it needed it to, um, you know, get Fitz and Simmons' relationship to a different place mm-hmm. and, you know, something to fuel that. So, but, like... Going back to thinking of the season as a whole, when I look back from my first viewing of the season, what I remember and the thing I was most looking forward to were the episodes on Mavith when um, Simmons was there. And I really had it different in my head. I thought that was far... I thought there were way more episodes. Yeah, it's like the fourth episode, isn't it, or something like that? Oh, not even that. I think it's like the second episode, that, she, or third episode, where it's like her episode, and then she gets rescued. Mm. And, I mean, that's great. And I love that they don't prolong things, but it's also like, God, there was like, you know, 18 other episodes. But the thing I is, though, it's funny. You know, it's different. I remember, but... It's, it's different yeah. watching something a second time. And it's also different different watching something within the context of a larger show or season. So, for example, what I mean is that my memory of this season is, you know, hazy in, as far as the actual narrative goes. But my kind of critical memory of it is quite clear. But the funny thing is, because I remember at the time thinking that this season was like, it was fine, it was good, I enjoyed it. But it did feel like the show was starting to coast a little bit. Um, so I, I was relieved when season four came along and it was very re-energised. Mm. Um, 
So going back and watching it now, I was watching every episode thinking, okay, this is going to be the one where season three goes shit. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. And that's the overriding thing is I sound like I'm being negative, but I'm actually not. Is every viewing this, the viewing experience of this season was an absolute delight. And I, I, I really enjoyed every episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the episodes I, I really, really enjoyed. Um, but I just think that that's a different thing than if you go back and look at this season, um, I think that, like I say, I think that the, the sum of its parts are greater than the, the overall one. Whereas there are some shows where um, there might actually be quite a lot of episodes that you don't like. But when you get to the end of the season, the overall season is actually is greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah. So this is kind of the opposite of greater than the sum of its parts in some way, in the way that the it's kind of like, you know, you can really love every song on an album, but it might not be cohesive as an album. Yeah. You know, there are some albums that are great where it just feels like every one of those songs is part of the same artistic statement. Yeah, and, so. uh, well, there's a, you know, where you've got a feeling that those songs could only be on that album. In a you know, particular order. Yeah, exactly. And that they kind of tell a story, if not literally, then emotionally, you know. Yeah. But then there are other albums where you can tell that the songs were probably recorded. Oh, they recorded these ones while they were on the road. They recorded these ones. And then when they had enough for an album, they pushed them all together. And those could all be great songs, but that's a different thing. And I feel like this season is like that. I think that it's a great collection of songs. But I think that the album itself is a little bit too much like album number two, mm. you know, um, and and that's a very false I, thing because that's not how you watch TV shows. When you watch a TV show, you don't think of it like that at no, the time. I think, I think we would both agree that that definitely. Well, I would say any of any of the Agents of Shield seasons, but definitely the first three benefit from a binge watch. Yeah, so. Doing a rewatch of it was just lovely because you know what's coming and you can like obviously we're watching one at a time because we're recording so you know one episode takes a whole night um, but you know if you're just watching them you could you could easily watch two or three oh yeah um, quite happily it's the length of a movie um, and. They just they do benefit from from just getting in that rhythm and going for it. Yeah, and the other thing as well is about about viewing this as a season, as well is I think that your expectations go up when you watch a show year on year mm-hmm. because generally they get better. But what I will say is I think that there's probably two or three episodes in this season that are the best episodes of the show so far. So what I would say is is that when the show even though there was all of this tumultuous stuff going on behind the scenes that maybe impacted the season on the whole as a piece of storytelling, mm. I still think that when it was when this season's good, it's as good as the show has been so far. Yeah, you know, like so. I think there's there are points in this season that are high points of the show up until this point. I don't think we get an unnecessarily easy pass. Oh no, for sure. no. no, absolutely. Um, it was it was fucking. But it's great. but it's but it's, I, I'm glad that this isn't the best season of the show because we've got four oh more seasons gosh, to go. There's, there's so much good you stuff know. to come. So uh, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, lots of our listeners 
the next season to come as their favourite. Yeah. And quite rightly, there's some lovely stuff in there. Um, but I would say season five. I, I could I could probably amazing. pick I could probably pick any of the remaining seasons as my favourite season of the yeah. show. Yeah, you know. there are things in each of the seasons which yeah. are just fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, should we get into the uh, the nitty gritty? Okay, so we open up with um, we see that Daisy is um, pulling a ruse on Hive, saying that she wants to be taken back. Well, she's not. She's not pulling a ruse. Well, she's 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 not pulling. A ruse. Oh, isn't she? Okay. She wants to go back to him, but he can't penetrate her mind because of what Lash has done. Oh, okay. I, I, well, I misread that scene then. I thought... I thought that Because it, Lincoln refers to it later, going, it's an I addiction. know why you went back to him. I know... Like, oh, okay. I think... I think... Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, right. that's fair. That's fair. Because she's saying to everybody, I went back to try and defeat him and I couldn't and da-da-da. And she says that to him and he goes, I know why you went back to him. I've been in that position where you're so addicted yeah. to something. yeah. She wants to go back because she can't cope with her feelings without him. Yeah, yeah, because it's an addiction. Um, okay, so um, so that um, he says that basically she was made impervious, so he can't, like you say, have made that connection. So she goes all quakey and they fight. Um, I can't help but think, um, particularly considering a lot of the people behind this show, of like Buffy and Angel, like, oh, yeah. like when they're fighting and he, you know, he's there with the kind of like the kind of spurned pseudo ex, you know, long black coats, dark hair, yeah. uh, lots of spinny kicking and sort of fighty banter kind of stuff going on. It's, yeah. it's very sort of reminiscent of like, you know, season two, season three, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And, um, um, and them all, they've got split up and they're all trying to survive. Uh, we see Yo-Yo takes a bullet for Mac. Uh, we see the, the, the team being chased. The primitives, yes, the... Uh, so, oh, I said there's three Scottish people, four Scottish people in this episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think you better edit that out too. Uh, well, you know, the primitives are Scottish. Oh, well, uh, yeah. The band. Nice. <laughs> oh, I don't know the band. The you know. I ain't got no cigarettes, you know. Oh, is that, yeah, King of the Road. <laughs> that's, but that's that's not their original song. No, but they were famous for it. Oh, I know you the know. country and western version because of my dad. I thought that's a pretty good Scottish accent I did there. I ain't got no cigarettes. No. Don't you think that sounds Scottish? No. I think you sound like you. I don't know, some kind of Scottish Yorkshire I've got no cigarettes. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. good. I'm pretty proud of that. It's I think bad. I'm building an accident. So uh, Ward takes the plane because we've learned that basically his idea is he wants to take the Zephyr so he can go up into the atmosphere and basically, you know, send a big, you know, pollution umbrella um, uh, over all of Earth and uh, turn everyone into uh, primitives. Indeed. <laughs> um, so he's uh, ascending. Uh, yeah, yeah. He wrote it all down in the notebook. <laughs> um, in, in, in like a space elevator is the term they use. Yeah. And that he will bail out in the, uh, or they will bail out in the containment module. Yeah. Um, we see the, the team get trapped in a room with a dying yo-yo. Uh, John Han is helping them in the kind of just opportunistic kind of like, you're the people who can save my life 
at the moment, so I will therefore align myself. That's the point where you see them trapped in different places, like you see which ones are grouped together. Yeah, and like Simmons is off. Simmons is on her own. Figuring out what's happening. Yeah. The rest of them are in a group with Yo-Yo. Yeah, they're all off in their little clusters, aren't they? Um, we yeah, so basically what we what we learn is um, <laughs> that they're going to have to do the a blowtorch suture on Yo-Yo, and I think it's interesting that she says, "No, I want Mac to do it." You know, like she's he's the only person. I don't think you would <coughs> ever ask me to blowtorch your stomach. Well, I wouldn't ask you. Um, but yeah, but I think if there was a if there was someone with medical training or me. To blowtorch your your wound, I don't think you would no. ask me to do it. I think you. Would I don't ask... like you taking splinters out of me. Yeah, well, I think you'd think I'd enjoy it too much. <laughs> yeah, you'd linger, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Shut up! It doesn't hurt that much. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we see that um, the Radcliffe, the John Hannah character, is very impressed with Coulson's hand. So this is a little bit of foreshadowing for what we see at the end of the episode. That he's, it's funny because we've just finished season two of um, Star Trek Picard and you've got the Soong family who we've seen in various yeah. eras of Star Trek, always played by Brent Spiner. Uh, and they've got this fascination with artificial intelligence and eugenics and all this kind of stuff. And that's a, and that's a theme that runs through a lot of... I mean, gosh, even... Um, the Strange New Worlds episode that we watched this week does, has a little bit of stuff about eugenics as well. So, you know, there's a lot, a lot of that going around in pop culture at the moment. And um, so we, we see them turning up the heat to sort of blind the minions. Um, the, um, uh, because, yeah, as you say, it's, it's like the old predator trick, isn't it? Mm. Uh, and that's a classic sci-fi thing. Or that they, you know, they can hear you, so you've got to be really quiet or, yeah. you know... Um, so it's the infrared thing. Yeah. Or, or they can smell you, so you have to deodorize <laughs> before <laughs> that's, it's never been done. It'd be shit. Um, so May gives a pep talk to Daisy. A lot of people give Daisy pep talks in this episode, actually. She's a she's I, the recipient. I do kind of love the fact that um, just when she's about to open up and tell her that she gets knocked she out. for her or whatever, she gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's a place with the expectations. But uh, so the Mark Dacascus character's rocked up. And uh, Fitz is quite ingenious here. And uh, and like shoots him with a uh, a masked gun. My favourite bit of that scene is just how shocked he looks when he gets shot by Fitz, and it's like he gives him a. I can't fucking believe you just fucking shot me, you little shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like spoiler alert for the final ever episode of Angel for anybody who hasn't watched it. Is there's a big bad that runs throughout the entire series, mm. and he. It's really shocking actually to be seeing where he dies because you know Wesley, the really silly character, yeah. he murders him basically. He turns up and like the but they, they haven't got the stomach to do it, and he's like, I've got it. And it's re- it's a really unexpected moment. Wesley just walks up to this guy, pulls a knife, just cuts his throat, and the big bad looks at him. He's like, Not you. He's like, I can't be killed by you, yeah. and then dies. And it's just the idea that the big bad for the entire show dies at the hand of this ridiculous character. Yeah. You know, and he feels a little bit like that. Just gave me a little giggle. Yeah, he yeah. Looks, he looks so affronted. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, like I, no one has given me a roundhouse kick to the chest. Yeah, he's like, like he, was, he was expecting a rematch with May or something, May, you know. Yeah. And um, so we see that um, there's an idea about using a remote Quinjet to get them. Um, and Coulson says that 
he wants to intercept the Zephyr on his own. And he says it's on him to do it as well. So there's a lot of guilt going around in this episode. Well, he's he's still coping with the fact that he's kind of brought this forth out of his own revenge. But yeah. like we've said in previous episodes, he had to go. Otherwise, Fitz, Fitz would still be in yeah. the parallel. His hand was forced. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, and someone was always going to, you know, be up shit creek. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, I like the fact that uh, I think Mac or somebody says that uh, if May was here, she'd be giving you a dirty look. Well, I think no, I think Coulson says that himself. He's like, I realise what had happened. Yeah. Um, I, I, li- I do like the scene. This is one of those scenes where there are sometimes where villains, because Hive, he's kind of slightly Bondian in his villainy. Yeah. Like you know, he's got that long coat on that looks like something that Doctor Evil would wear. Yeah. You know, or Blofeld would wear. And his plan is kind of insane, that he wants to turn... Um, What's one million dollars? Well, he wants to turn the entire world into... Primitive. Scottish folk duo. <laughs> the primitives. Um, no, you're thinking the proclaimers. Oh, that's it. Fucking hell, no wonder I didn't know yes. who the fucking primitives were. God damn it. <laughs> we got that yet. You <laughs> Segway. <laughs> Oh my god, I can't believe you thought the Proclaimers were called the Primitives. Well, it's not a huge leap, really. I mean, you can see where I went wrong there. Well, they both start with P. No, they both start with P-R. Come on. Tenuous. Tenuous. The Bondian thing, though, is that a lot of the time, the Bond villains' plans are so end of the worldy that it makes you question why anybody would want to help them you know like I'm going to destroy the planet it's like well so what are you telling like your admin people like how how does that work and they kind of call that out a little bit here because the the Aussie guys he's like well so hang on he's like so is everyone on earth going to get like turned into these things he's like because that that would be shit he's like even the women and I like the fact that he's like he's like I've been with some not exactly golden girls in my time. <laughs> he's like, but, you know, he's like, particularly when I've had a few drinks. But what would happen is, so I like the fact that that's actually kind of called out. The fact that it, there's an element of like, okay, well, you're going to do this, but then what? Like, you know, are we just going to live on this planet full of like these marauding insaniacs? <laughs> like, you know, um, who aren't a Scottish folk duo? <laughs> called the Proclaimers. So, Holson, uh, sorry, especially Holson goes to Kive. <laughs> Fran and Soda. Uh, Spurk and Cock. <laughs> yeah. It's like the slash fiction version. Um, Even slash fiction sounds wrong. <laughs> well, it slash bloody is. Um, so, Colson goes to Hive. Um, we see Hive finally go all full frontal sort of squid man as well. Very yeah. Reminds me a lot of Davy Jones in um, the Pirates of the Caribbean films, the Bill Nye character. Very similar kind of CGI effect. Yeah. And um, he does a sort of, he does the classic hologram distraction thing as well, which is a nice callback to an earlier episode. Um, we see Lincoln and the Aussie guy have a fight, which is nice. I almost wish there'd been more of that because they've got history and they don't reference that. Like, they just have a fight and it almost feels like they should have been a bit of a sort of... Hey, remember that time? Yeah, yeah. You said this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you that time when you thought the I mean, Proclaimers were a fucking... <laughs> but that is a bit like 
henna's leg of beef. Like, you know, what are they going to do? No, but the thing is, it, it was odd because the, the writers chose to for them to have a fight, which was nice because they do have that history. Yeah. Um, and when that happened, I was like, oh, it's nice that they've had that little... Because you often get this in, like, the climax of movies or in the final episodes of serialised TV shows where there'll be, like, different level boss fights. You know, you'll have the sort of two... The big bad and the big good fighting. But then there'll be, you know, the kind of, like, the the, hen- the hench people fighting May and yeah. all of these different sort of, like, levels of seniority of action sequence. So it felt like, okay, that's good because, you know, these guys have a little bit of history. But it feels like maybe... That they there was just a lot going on in this episode, and that was one of the things that kind of just had to go, you know. Yeah. And um, oh, hang on, sorry, my phone isn't recognizing my face. I must have aged whilst recording this episode or something. Um, he's reunited with Daisy Lincoln is, um, and then immediately injured. Um, he basically says, "This is what you were talking about earlier on, which now makes more sense." Now I've kind of got what was actually happening at the beginning of the episode, um, thanks to you. That um, that um, he understands, um, you know, her addiction. So we're getting to see why they gave him this backstory. And and I really like the fact that when she says, "Have I have I messed this all up in terms of their relationship and what was burgeoning between them?" He doesn't go. No, of course you haven't. Or, like, he doesn't movie-end it. Yeah. He, like, he doesn't just sweep it all away and go, it's fine, I love you, blah, blah, blah. Like, he loves her. He's in love with her and um, cares about her and, and, and you know, is ultimately hoping that they end up together. But he's kind of grown up. But he's also very aware that she's dealing with an addiction. He He is still dealing with his addiction in lots of, different ways mm. like but he know he can't click her fingers that, that, that she has no, to do the work he, he knows the point that she's at and he's through that point but he's having to face his addiction in different ways like how he emotionally copes with things and stuff like yeah. that so he's he's bringing a addiction response to um you know to um their relationship yeah yeah and it's just really interesting yeah and they're both really good in that scene as well because i know i give the character of lincoln a hard time but that's nothing to do with the actor and it's and it's nothing and it's nothing to do with how he's written either it's just that his role and i don't mean specifically the character of lincoln but i mean that the, the type of character lincoln is and the type of device that he is is he's the kind of um he's a conduit well, it's not just that. He's the um, the transitional relationship kind of character. And like Riley and Buffy's a great example of that, is that yeah. those characters are there not to be characters in their own right, um, not to be the great love or, uh, you know, muse or whatever of the lead character. They're there to move the character through to somewhere else. And that's... You know, there's a literary um, precedent for that, and that's fine, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not something that's done to be specifically to be enjoyed by the audience. They're never going to be fan favorite characters um, because they're not designed to be, they're not meant to be fan favorites from the perspective of, of Daisy or whatever. You know, they're always meant to be this really nice but kind of vanilla kind of characters. Yeah. And that's difficult to do, and he does it well. 
So I've got no criticisms of the character. But inevitably, that character was going to leave the show. Yeah. Um, because I think I liked him more on a rewatch, though, I'd have to say. Yeah, no, he, yeah. he's fine. Yeah. You know? Um, he is, you know, yes, you're right, he is fine, and he is just that kind of character to move Daisy on to a yeah. different era. And you see in romantic yeah. comedies, you see these yeah. secondary characters, you know, and it's but, a bit like that. But he, he's, um, he's just a better character than I remembered him being. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, that's fair. So basically what we see, what, what he's saying is like, look, um, Hive wants to explode the pathogen in space. Uh, he sees that she's wearing the cross and she says that she's accepting her fate. Um, so what we're seeing here is, you know, the, the obviously this is a callback to the visions that she's had. We finally get the introduction of the axe gun, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice. That's been foreshadowed for a while. Yeah, uh, we see we've the, been waiting for that to come. Yep. Yeah. Although he didn't use it. We did. Well, not very... It wasn't highlighted. It, like, yeah, I, I, like, you did use it. Well, yes, but it wasn't like... I remember, and I know, actually, no, I'm not going to say because it's a spoiler for something that happens later. But something that happens later that I, I assumed happened in the episode where it was introduced, right, but it doesn't. Okay. So it was just, its introduction was more low key than I remember it being, right. you know, in my mind. Um, so there's a re- nice little fight sequence here, and you can really tell, I think I've said this before, that Kevin Tanker Owen's background was um, musical. And music videos, mm. because there's always a sense of choreography in his episodes. Like yeah. the, I mean, the first episode he um, he directed was the one about the cellist, um, and that had a, obviously a very staged musicality to it. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm pretty sure he was involved in Doctor Horrible as well. And the way that the fight sequences are done here, like the way uh, there's a lot of one shots and a lot of camera movement with like there's a shot for example where Matt goes to punch a, char- a character and he pulls his fist back and the camera's on his fist and the camera pulls back with his fist and moves with it yeah. down and then you see him roll over and then it goes over to another character and then we follow them for a while and basically I know it's a cliche so what people used to say about John Woo is that it's like it's ballet you know that it's a balletic um, way of filmmaking you can see that a lot so I think it's but funny it's kind of wonderful to watch yeah and, and it makes sense as well because I mean fight choreography well it's choreography the yeah. word choreography you know um, so we see Lincoln on the plane uh, heading to space and he's stolen the cross uh, and then you get that bit where he's on the the, the calm talking to Daisy and there's a great tradition in literature and film particularly genre film of this type of sequence the, I mean, I think of early examples like um, Paul and Pressburger's uh, Matter of Life and Death when David Niven is there on the plane and he's been shot down and he's speaking to the girl on the radio. And then obviously in modern times, another classic example of that is Peggy Carter and um, Captain America in the first Captain America film. And you see it a lot. Um, uh, Chris Hemsworth at the beginning of Star Trek 2009, you know, on the bridge of the ship talking to his wife. When yeah. so there's a, there's a tradition of the uh, the abyss. There's a great yeah yeah the, the the kind of the I'm doing something heroic, stay with me um, kind of thing. And this 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 is like another another kind of good one of those. Yeah. You know, um, I'm pretty sure that happens in Armageddon too, doesn't it? Yeah 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 he does yeah yeah with Ben Affleck and um, Bruce Willis yeah and yeah his yeah. And uh, the, uh, the my favourite one of these is Ed Harris and 
Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio in the abyss when he's on the radio tour and he's going down further and further and they're losing the signal and you know they've uh, oh okay it's a really beautiful scene you should watch the abyss it's a fucking great film so uh, Hive gets all reflective about the things that have eluded him all these years including death and um, we see a, a, a very tearful daisy saying to the group he's paying for my mistakes and Corson says no he's paying for mine and I think it's he's really yeah, or, yeah exactly yeah the thing that I really like is that Hive and Lincoln kind of have like a nice moment yeah they do it's as though they're like because they're off the planet and you hear about this a lot they're looking at Earth and there's, there's a very famous photograph um, called the pale blue dot and it was taken by one of the Voyager probes when they they went off in the 1970s. And um, Carl Sagan, who worked on the Voyager program, had to really fight for it to, to wire into the computer programming um, to get the probe to turn around, to take a photograph of Earth at the distance. Because he said, you know, no one's ever seen Earth yeah. from out in, in space. And... That picture came out and it won, like, it was on the cover of Time and Newsweek, pale blue dot, the, the pale blue dot being the earth, you know, and about how <clears throat> the power of that image was that it kind of makes, it ridicules all of our petty bullshit, yeah. that we've got all of this stuff, you know, misogyny and religion and, um, you know, fundamentalism and war and all this stuff. But then when you look at this little thing, you're like, that's all just there. It's mm. just, it's so not important. And the, and Carl Sagan wrote this this passage in a, a book called Pale Blue Dot about that, about this idea that this thing that looks like the size of your thumbnail is everything, everybody that's ever existed has been there. And, you know, and this moment felt like that. It felt like because they were removed from the context of the earth and they know they're going to die, you know, um, Hive's lost his power base and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, Lincoln's going to just die of asphyxiation or, um, you know, pneumonia, whichever one kicks in first. So it's as, so I think it's nice that when he turns around, he sees Hive. The Hive isn't still kind of like just a seething because he's, well, he it just, he's like, well, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. So they're both are just like, okay, well. You know, and they've both kind of got a lot in common in in some ways, even though they've never really spent they any time both together. Inhuman, yeah, yeah, so they do have a lot. Of yeah, well, that's what I mean. And they 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 both see themselves as outsiders mm-hmm. and humans as this kind of unknowable thing. And once you remove them outside of the context of all of their battles and allegiances and loves and all that kind of stuff, they're just. A kind of a couple of dudes yeah. <laughs> it's just like a weird yeah. little sort of moment um so um and, and and also you know hive says i only wanted to feel a connection yeah. but i like the fact that you hear him saying that but the camera is on lincoln yeah during that because he's exactly the same yeah, he just wanted to be in to love somebody and you know feel that feel uh, but you know yeah. uh you know whether and yeah and then um, so then we jump to six months later, and um, we see um, that. Um, I love the, the epilogue. Yeah, oh, you sure do, don't you? Uh, we so we see um, them staking out, uh, trying to find Daisy, uh, and we see her give the robin that we saw from an earlier episode. Like she's 
an extra in RuPaul's Drag Race than the amount of makeup she's got on. I thought she looked like um, a 30-something ex-Averill Levine fan <laughs> going through like a midlife crisis. Yeah. Um, so she bounds off. Like you know, jumping, leaping a, a tall building with a single bound, yeah. um, and we, so then we get the post-credit scene of Radcliffe, the uh, John Hannah character, uh, talking to his computer system Ada. Uh, he says that he's been cleared and he's starting on the what the LMD program, and he says today's your birthday, and we see the outline of a figure behind the frosty glass. Can't be there. Absolutely. So, uh, any final thoughts, Hannah, before we finish up this season? No, just. Fucking bring on season four. I'm looking forward to our little sorbet. Yeah. I'll have to decide what what things. Yeah. So I mean, to say to clarify, I mean, we we um, after the last season, we we covered um, Watchmen. Uh, so it was an eight episode show, and what we're doing this time is we're going to do um, just some sort of standalone things. So um, we're going to do two of mine, two of Hannah's. I think we might do my two first uh, for reasons that will become clear but basically some of the people who were involved in the thing that I want to do are available Um, so I'd like to include that Um, it's something that I've seen but I don't think you've seen no, I haven't seen it. Um, so it's a rewatch for me, but a watch for Hannah, and I think it'll be an interesting one because, and I realise I'm being a bit, a bit of a bit of a tease here, but what the hell, it's our show. I think it'll be an interesting one because it's something that we can watch quite fairly quickly, and I feel is it's very different to what we've been covering, uh, and also it's oddly prescient. Yeah. At the moment, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world that was foreseen in this thing. And I think that would be really interesting. And also, I'm just genuinely curious to see what Hannah thinks of it as well. I'd I'd, I'd be really interested to get like a kind of an outsider's view. Uh, And then we'll do two uh, pilots or however you want to sort of define it. that Hannah's interested in. And then we'll get back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with season four. Indeed. So a quick reminder that we do appreciate feedback at uh, rewatchprojectpodcast.gmail.com and you can also leave us comments on our YouTube page as well under the episode that you'd like to talk about. Uh, And uh, Apple podcast reviews are appreciated. But I would also say, um, if you are listening to this in what would be our future, so if, for example... uh, we're on like episode 150 now. Uh, first of all, um, yay us for living that long. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, gosh, I wonder what, what adventures we've had, Hannah. Um, um, but, you know, if you're listening to this, um, you know, in the future uh, and you're watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for the first time or re-watching it and listening along with us for the first time, uh, don't feel like you've missed the boat. You know, we're happy to get feedback um, or thoughts on stuff that we've covered in the past it'd be quite a nice little member yeah, berry absolutely. for us to to yeah. do uh, and also please do go and check out our friend shows as well so that's things like uh chin stroker versus punter the iron sequel um the good the bad and the odd his film her movie the film, uh, film bastards um so yes please check out those shows and we will see you uh very soon for um a very mysterious <laughs> episode Ooh. of um the rewatch project so we will be back soon guys bye bye